welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. So about 20 years ago, um, we got given a prophetic word by a couple called Steve and Mindy Scroggs, who were from America. And um, she started out by saying the song that I've just played you. Had been, she'd been reminded of that song, Dancing in the Streets by the Mamas and the Papas. And the word that she gave us was that we would be mothers and fathers to a generation of people who would come to us looking like wolf, uh, sheep, but they were in wolves' clothing. Right? So they'd look like wolves, but they were actually sheep. And we were going we to um, teach these people to dance to a different beat, okay? And she said, I've got this song in my head, Dancing in the Streets by the Mamas and the Papas. And I had a, a friend at the time was with me and he wanted to invest in, his, in this prophetic word. You know, if you were here on Sunday, Jackie talked about walking the dog before you've got the dog, yeah? So go out for a walk. So my friend Carl went and bought me this CD and I just put it on. And then like you, I was quite surprised when, having named all those places, she suddenly says, Manchester. So, we further invested in our prophetic word by redecorating the back room at the former church, Cleveland's Road. We had a prefabricated building at the back of the chapel, and we painted one wall orange, and then we, we painted musical notes on it in black paint. And we drew a picture of a, you know, a, a turntable and, and, and we wrote dancing to a different beat. Okay. And it's fair to say that in the intervening period, present company accepted, of course. <laughs> We've had a number of people come. They don't all look like wolves. <laughs> but we've definitely been, you know, from time to time going against the flow, you know, moving perhaps out of step with the mainstream. And so that has been a really good word to lean on. Okay. So, as you know, um, life is a bit tough at the moment with my father-in-law. He's not well at all. And um, it's quite hard not to think negative thoughts about God and, and uh, you know, that sort of thing. So... When, I found it really encouraging on Sunday when, when Jackie spoke about uh, dreaming. And, um, and then we, we were invited to do the, the collage stuff, you know, um, get the magazines and, and make, a, make a collage. And I wasn't really in the mood for it. However, um, the previous day on the Saturday, many of you will know Andy Goodman, who does the PA. Um, he's a... His, his hobby, one of his hobbies, is model railways. And the, the uh, model railway society that he's part of was having a big exhibition in Manchester. And um, I decided I would go and just have a look around because I, I quite like trains. So I went and I had a look around this exhibition. So I'd got like trains in, you know, when you, you're not, you don't realise what you're thinking about. But then what happens is when you start looking at pictures... Okay, and you flip through a magazine, 
completely random magazine, okay, there were, I don't know how many magazines there were in the room, how many, right, how many pictures there are all together. Oh, that's a nice picture, okay. So I then do my rough origami because I'm not interested in the story that surrounded that, okay. So I end up with this roughly ripped piece of picture, all right. And of course I need to stick it to the paper. So I turn it over to put the glue on. Do you want to know what it says on the back? Now, if, if a, famous uh, a famous magician had come and done that, you'd all go, that is incredible. Well, God did that. Because God knew that I needed a bit of encouragement. So he did that for me. So... If you're listening to this, uh, you won't know what's written on the back of the piece of paper. So I'll just tell you, it's the words from a completely unrelated article, say, dancing in the streets. So I want to um, talk to you today. I really want to build on what we've done already. And today, you know, we've already, you, you, if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you won't know that we've already celebrated quite considerably um, uh, because today is the 6th of December 2016 and uh, 57 years ago, today, history was changed forever because I was born, right? And the world became a different place because someone who'd never lived before um, took up residence on the planet and that person was me. Um, So, so what? What's that got to do with anything? Well, you know, we've been looking um, over the weeks that I've been teaching, uh, uh, we've been looking at this phrase, who am I? And we've played the game and, and, and we're not going to play the game today because um, we've been doing other stuff. We've done some jigsaws. Woo! And um, who won the jigsaws? Rose! Rose won the jigsaw competition. Um, and, uh, but what was the problem, Rose, when you got to the end? There was a piece missing. There was a piece missing. And you all had a piece missing. And you all had to go and discover that missing piece. And there is a point to that, which hopefully you'll, you'll catch uh, as we go through the next few minutes. So, who am I? We've looked at... <coughs> I am chosen, I am royal, I am beloved, that was when we did, we belong. I am holy, 
I am secure, I am accepted, okay? And today, we're going to look at this word, significant, which really is a, in some ways, it's a, um, how would you say, it's like part of the uh, I, I, culmination, which is, a, which is a complicated word. It's like you put all those things together. It's the consequence, if you like. If I am, if I am all those things, chosen, royal, beloved, holy, secure, accepted, I can say I am significant. But can I? <laughs> well, hopefully, over the next few minutes, we'll, um, we'll get you a bit further along that road. So, let's think about some significant people. Should we? Because it's always good to give ourselves some reference points. So, um, give me, can anybody give me, and there's no right and wrong answers. Uh, we're just going to write some names on the, on the chat. Yeah. Jesus, well done. And why is Jesus significant? Because the answer is always Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. Okay. Yeah, we set we set the the calendar according to his birth in worldly in worldly terms. Yeah, so he's, he's whether or not you believe in him, he's for that reason alone, he's a significant person. There's nobody else who has the world's date thing set um, round him him arriving. So anybody else? Come on. Thinking, let's let's do. Oh, let's work through the Bible. Let's have a few Bible people. Old Testament, significant people in the Old Testament. Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. Okay. Abe to his mates because the pen's running out. <laughs> Sorry. Adam. Okay. Adam. Adam's family. Yeah. Sorry. Moses. Moses. Yeah. We can. Mo, yeah, Mo, okay. <laughs> Joe. <coughs> Joe. Joe, yeah, Mo. Dave, Dave. Dave, yeah. How about Noah? Noah? <laughs> no. Noah. <laughs> okay, um, apart from Jesus in the New Testament then, significant people. Paul. Paul, okay, yeah. Anybody else? Pope. Pope. Peter, yeah. Okay, John. Okay, so why are these people significant? Because they wrote something. They, they, they wrote, yeah, they wrote some books. Because we remember them thousands of years later. Yeah, we remember them thousands of years later. Okay, so think of some folk in history outside of biblical characters. Significant people. Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah, that's... Nap. What was his first name? Oh, that was his first name. Should we call him Nap? Nappy. <laughs> or Nappy. Nap, Nap, Napole, Eon. So it's all right. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to write much more. Miriam is fine. Thank you. Anyway. No, I'm going to. I'm just. Okay, Chris. Chris, Columbus. Okay, 
Luther, yeah. Spoke Luther. Luther. Oh, wow. I can't spell Genghis. Geng. Is it his? Anyway, anybody else? Mr. Hitler. Sorry? Mr. Hitler. Mr. Hitler, yeah. Adolf. Let's call him Ed. Anybody else? Mother Teresa, yeah. We we had her picture the other week, didn't we? She was a holy person, do you remember? So we'll call her MT, Mother Teresa. MT, oh yeah. Sorry? Anybody else? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's okay, they don't have to be dead. Anybody else? Okay. Benjamin Franklin. Oh, Ben, Ben, Ben Franklin. Nelson Mandela, he was a... U.S. President, won't say. Uh, Nelson Mandela. No. No. Nell. Okay. Nell Mandel. Nell Mandel. All right. So, okay. All incredibly significant people for different reasons. Okay. Actually, we do need another pen. It's so funny. All those. If you follow the line, they all point to the chart. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now you're holding the pen. Can I write? You need to write your name on there. Okay. Okay. Shall I write her name again? No. <laughs> okay, pass the pen on. Oh, sorry. Nobody steal your hot water bottle, will you? Wow, look at that. That's okay. That's so weird. We're both left-handed. Do you want to write your name on here? <laughs> it makes me... Don't want to leave... You're not significant yet. Not yet, not yet. No, 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 Yay, you made it. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. You're written in red. It's like, it's like the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's, you see, without, without trying, we've, we've actually made another point. Okay, so, um, okay, significant people. So what I did was, I thought, because I know you, you, you know, you're, you're, in, you're, you're interested in knowing if I'm telling you the truth. So, I did some research, okay. You've all, you, are you all familiar with Time magazine? Okay, I'll explain. Okay, Time magazine. So it publishes monthly or weekly and stories about anything and everything. So Time magazine did some research on the 100 most significant people right, in history. All right? Okay, so... And they, they did it in a data-driven way. So they, they collected lots of data. 
So when we set out to rank the significance of historical figures, we decided not to approach the project the way historians might, through a principled assessment of their individual achievements. Instead, we evaluated each person by aggregating millions of traces of opinions into a computational data-centric analysis. We ranked historical figures just as Google ranks web pages by integrating a diverse set of measurements about their reputation into a con single consensus value. All right? So you're, you're really confused. But, like, well, I am. But all that to say, it sounds quite scientific, doesn't it? They've not just gone, eh, yeah, loads of people like him, so he must be significant. So, according to this incredibly complicated scientific formula, we're going to have a look at some significant people. Justin Bieber's on the list. Do you want to know what number he is on the list? Even if you don't, I'm going to tell you. He's on the, I he's mean, on the top 100. Uh, no, not quite. He's not quite, no, he's, he's outside the top 100. Do you, do you want to guess? I mean, he's a world record, world, you know, sells millions and millions of records. And Timo knows him, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he must be significant then if Timo knows him. He is number 8,633 on the list. So if anybody tells you Justin Bieber's dead significant, you can say, there's 8,632 people more significant than him, according to Time magazine. Okay, so into the top 100 then. Michelangelo, right? One of the most significant painters. You know, he painted that picture we looked at. Um, on the roof of the Sistine Chapel. So, how significant do you think he is? Is he in the top 100? He is in the top 100. We've, we've, 72. We're in the top 100 now. 72. Should we find out? 48. He's only eight, he only made it to 86. Okay. Elvis Presley. I thought before I'd say Elvis, but then I thought you hadn't changed anything. Well, you see, now you see there. Do you have to... You have to change something in order to be recognised as significant. That's a really, I'm not, I'm not, that's a great point. Okay, and we'll come back to that in a minute. Because it's our, just, let, wait, what I'm trying to get you to do is think about what your perception is of significant. If you think significant, your brain starts going, ah, brrr, ding, 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 this, this. Did they do something? Did they change the world? Did they invent something? Did they save three million lives? You know, and you, you, you then get all these categories and then you start putting people up against that list and they either are significant or they're not. So Elvis Presley, never changed the world. Wise men say... 69. We're getting closer to the top. Now, what's really interesting is that Jonas mentioned nappy, <laughs> Napoleon, right? Now, how significant do you think he is? 51. It's less than 69. We're working towards number one. 51. Okay. According to this set of criteria, he is the second Whoa. most significant person in the world. It will not really surprise you to know that 
Jesus Christ. Even according to a scientific study done by Time magazine. Where's Ed? Sorry? Where's Ed? Ed? Oh, I'd, I'd, um, I can tell you. I've, I've, got, I've got a whole... Yeah, he did change the world. Um, hang on. Um, let's have a look. Uh, he's quite near the top, actually. There uh, we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, number seven. Wow. No. So, so it, goes, it goes from the top. It goes Jesus, Napoleon, Mohammed, not surprisingly. At number four, a surprising entry, William Shakespeare. No. <laughs> then we get a, uh, an American president, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Then we get another one, George Washington. At number seven, Adolf Hitler. At number eight, Aristotle. At number nine. Who is this? Aristotle. Yeah. At number nine, Alexander the Great. And at ten, Thomas Jefferson. Not quite in the top ten. At number eleven, Henry VIII. Who made it above Charles Darwin in 12? <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Um, he's, a, he's a US president. Former. Former, yeah. It'd it be cool if he'd be the president of something. We know who's going to put the queen's on there. I can't remember where the queen is. But, so, so the question I want to ask you is, what makes somebody significant? Come on. How would, how would you compile a list? What would somebody need to do or be in order to be significant for you? You'd have to brought change. Brought change, okay. A person that is or does something which has never been there before. Never been done before. Or been before. I mean, so unique. Can we say that? Except I can't spell it. Never been done before. Okay. Yeah. Big big impact on history. Big impact. On history. Okay, yeah. Ophelia, give us a. If you're thinking of significant people. I would say it's something you can cannot mix up with somebody else because you're significant and it's, but it's also unique. So, so unique. Is unique. Unique. Okay. Anything else? Yeah. Captured. Um, is it two M's? <laughs> Imagination. Say what did somebody else say? An idol. Idol. Somebody we idolize. Okay. So that's quite a diverse set of criteria. I'm not sure we could apply. Has Justin Bieber brought change? 
to the music world probably has. It is why he's on. And he's writing unique songs that have never been sung before. He's making an impact on. Well, he is making it. I mean, he, um, with you know, he if he tweets something, and it's seen by I don't know how many million people, he has he has actually shaped public opinion, um, whether we like it or not, or whether we like him or not. And he's definitely unique. He's definitely captured people's imagination. People definitely idolise him. So, could we run Jesus through there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah? yeah? Definitely. Yeah? Maybe we have to put impact on history and impact on society. Yeah. Okay. So, that's... That's all well and good, okay, but I, I, we wrote our names on this page, didn't we? We wrote our names on this page, so, oh dear, <laughs> do you see yourself would you say, yeah, that's me? I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure about this last one. Okay. But my grandson idolises me. Yeah. And without getting too, you know, uh, about it, I've captured their imagination. And there is only one of you, so you are unique. And you, we all do things that have never been done before. Because, until today, we'd never had today. <laughs> so what we're doing right now has never been done before. Right? But, no, no, Andy, you're just making, you're just making it fit, right? No, I'm just telling you the truth. What's happening right now has never been done before. Would you see yourself as, a, as, as somebody who brings change? Yeah. 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 Well, I think the challenge, the challenge when you have conversations like this is this wonderful legalistic mindset kicks in and you do all this, this incredibly, it can be incredibly damaging, comparison. Okay? And you look at Napoleon or Michelangelo or Thomas Jefferson and you think, or Mother Teresa and you think, yeah, definitely significant. And you look at you and you think, not so sure. Because we're doing this. We're doing this, which is not really very helpful. Who did Jesus compare himself to? His father. His dad. If you've seen me, you've seen me dad. 
So if we're going to do any comparing, <laughs> let's keep it, keep it in those terms. We're full of Jesus. We reflect Jesus. But are we significant? Do we really believe we're significant? There you go. Could you put your picture there? You've seen that picture before? <laughs> I wish I had pictures of you. We should get them off the, off the website. You see, well, I'll come on to that in a minute. You. I am significant. Come on. Let's say it together. I, I am significant. significant. I, I am significant. significant. And it's not even good enough to tell somebody else that they are because that could just make it worse. <laughs> right? Particularly if they're doing something that is very noticeable and it's having an impact, you know. Well, you know, you'd go and tell them, yeah. But what, what you're actually saying is, what you're doing is significant, right? Because you're noticing what they're doing, which is significant, right? And significant people do significant things. Stupid people do stupid things. Wise people do wise things, right? Clever people do clever things. Significant people do significant things. It's your DNA, right? And if you are, let's go back to the top, just get rid of that. If you are chosen, royal, beloved, holy, secure, accepted, you are significant, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Welcome to the world of significance. Now, let's just go back. Oh. Oh, I thought I was going to put some. So that, so that was that's the end of the slideshow because I haven't put the the verse of the verse from the verses from the Bible that we're going to look at. So we'll just leave it there. At I am significant in terms of the slideshow, but we are going to look at we are going to look at a bit of a bit of the old the, the book, the old book, the new book, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm going to, I've used a verse earlier in, you know, in, in an earlier week that I just want to refer back to. When I talked about chosen, which is John 15, uh, John 15, 16. And uh, Jesus is speaking and he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and appointed you, planted you that you might go and bear fruit. And, and the problem is, with that verse, is that with our, the mindset that I used to focus on, I would interpret my lens, my glasses, would focus on the, oh, I've got to bear fruit, I've got to bear fruit, I've got to bear fruit. Jesus says, I'm going to bear fruit, where's my fruit, where's my fruit, where's my fruit, right? The trouble was I didn't know how to define the fruit. I didn't know how to recognise the fruit. And therefore, 
I came to the conclusion that I obviously wasn't productive because I had no, you know, grid for, no understanding of what f the fruit looked like. I couldn't see any. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not producing then. Oh, well, then maybe I haven't been chosen. And you work backwards through the verse and come to the conclusion, uh, and you start undermining the truth due to a lack of evidence, <laughs> if you like. But actually, we just don't understand what fruit looks like. Okay. Just imagine you're on a desert island, right? You, you go, you, 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 you're, um, you have a passion for sailing single-handed across the Atlantic, yeah? And you come on a storm halfway across, but you find this little island, right? And the only thing you, the only thing you survive with, apart from a few rations, is a Bible, Okay, and you read this Bible and, and it says the words of Jesus ringing in your ears, go into all the world and make disciples. But you're the only person on the island, right? You didn't choose me, I chose you, go and bear much fruit. By your fruit you'll know them, but there's no other people. Are you going to evangelise the trees? <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm just being deliberately provocative. Okay, to help you s help help us see that we don't. It's not always helpful to be too narrow in our definition of what fruit looks like. Are you, is that is that okay with everybody? Yeah. See, because in in the evangelical church, fruit looks like getting people to say a prayer, make a decision for Jesus. Okay? Make a decision for Jesus. And that's great, please. I am not, I don't want to, yes, I want everybody to come to a revelation and a, of who Jesus is and, and want to have a relationship with him. So I, if that's what salvation is and that's, a, you know, getting people saved, then I want to get everybody saved. Okay. But I am, I am not going to define, I am not going to be the judge of how effective I am being at producing fruit. I am going to concentrate on the fact that he chose me. And I think I might have said this before, but I'll say it again. Okay. Um, me and my wife didn't get married because we wanted to bear fruit. Okay, and I'm sorry if that's a bit too raw, but <laughs> we, we chose one another because we wanted one another. And in the context of... Oh, you're checking bulbs. Who replaced the ones in your office? I don't know. Not me. Thanks, Paul. Um, and in the context of that relationship and that intimacy, fruit arrived. And I, I've said it, I think I've said it to you before. Um, I've not heard, you know, we, did I tell you about the apple trees? I you tried to make them bear fruit. 
we, we, needed, we, we needed, somebody said, oh, we wanted an apple tree, so, okay. And then somebody said, oh, well, it's no good planting one, you've got to plant two, because they're like, <laughs> they do that cross-pollination thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like they make love without touching each other. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works, right? You plant one. Sorry? Because they're not married. You plant one, you don't get any fruit. You plant two, you get fruit. And nobody, nobody goes and stands in the garden and goes, bear fruit! They just do, because that's what apple trees do. You get apples off them. And we've had some lovely apple crumble off the apple trees. And... <laughs> So that's a bit of a jump from apple trees to marriage, but, you know, we've got two kids. And, and we, you know, the fruit, the fruit, honestly, we are fruitful. We cannot help but be fruitful. Um, because we've been chosen and we are significant. All right? So I want to look at another passage in Jonas. Calm down. Right. Romans, Romans chapter 12, okay, which is this great chapter about um, the body of Christ, yeah? And, and we pick it up in verse 4, for as in one physical body we have many parts, and all of these parts do not have the same function or use, so we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ, and individually, we are parts of one another, mutually dependent on one another, having gifts, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us. Let us use them. If your gift is prophecy, prophesy. You know, if it's practical service, serve. And so it goes on. Let your love be sincere. Okay. And let... Love, verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honour to one another. Okay? All okay with that? Nobody, nobody have an argument. We're all okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. However, verse 3, which I didn't read, but I will read now, is, a, is, is potentially a bit... Because it says here, for by the grace given to me, I warn everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith given to him by God. Oh dear. And in some translations, have you got... Um, Miriam, what's verse 3, Romans 12? For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But Stop! Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Go on, keep going. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Have you got an... Is that the same? NIV, NIV, okay. Right? Do not think of yourself more highly. Right? Now, the, the problem with that is, we hear that in a not very regenerated state, not very secure in who we are, and we shrink 
<laughs> or I did, into the paintwork because I mustn't think of myself more highly than I ought. Oh, well, I can't be significant then, can I? Boom. How ought you to think about yourself? Because if the exhortation, how should you, should, um, um, how, how must you, yeah? So that, you, you just like, as we say in England, nail hit on head. Okay, because... We do that, but so, so we, we oh, I mustn't think of myself more highly than I should, but I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I just know I must be down here compared to whatever that is because I mustn't go over there. Yes? You see what we're saying? You, God, Paul's saying, oh, don't, don't, get all, don't get all up here and, and be all, you know, this is more highly. Than, don't think of yourself up here. Think of yourself down here. Well, that's fine, providing you know where that line is, <laughs> right? But most of us, that line is, you know, down here somewhere in the gutter because we're filthy, rotten sinners. And if, you know, if it weren't for Jesus, we'd all be toast or whatever, right? So praise God for Jesus so we're not toast, but actually, we're, we're filthy, rotten sinners. Yeah? So unless you deal with this, where's the line... <laughs> You can't really think of yourself above or below the line. So I just want to say to you, wherever that line is, if you want to have a line, have a line. Significance is underneath. Okay. It's okay. I want to give you permission to believe you can think of yourself as significant and not think of you and not fall into the, I'm, you know, I'm just dead proud, right, um, right, in an unhelpful way. And it's an unhelpful way if we do the whole comparing ourselves to other people. That's where it gets tricky, you see, because if I'm thinking of myself more highly than I ought to, I'm comparing myself in that process, aren't I? I am comparing myself to someone. So I would say, oh, well, you know, look at Andy. Andy does this meal for the community once every, how often is it? Once a week. Once a week. I mean, he's feeding the community. I mean, that's a really sacrificial, humble thing to do. I don't do that. Oh, oh maybe I'm not as humble as Andy. So I'm thinking of myself higher, you know, because I'm comparing. Okay, and it doesn't help. It really doesn't help. If God tell, tells you to feed your community, just feed your community. And dare I say it, if he doesn't, don't. Right? Don't do it because you feel obliged, guilty, like, and I'm not saying anybody would, but we do. So when, when I stand at the front and say, right, on the 18th of December, 
we're going to go into sale and we're going to love sale. There'll be some people who are thinking, oh, I hate doing that, but I'll have to come. <laughs> um, if you don't want to come, don't come. Um, it, does, it really doesn't matter. Right? I'd, I'd rather go with 10 people who want to go than 30 people who'd rather be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it'll be written all over your face. <laughs> What? This, on this no, this is why, I mean, people feel obliged. People feel, well, I'm, yes, day. a lot of churches work that way. I hope I am not making people feel obliged. Okay. Um, I want them to come because they want to come. I want them to serve because they want to serve. Um, I want them to do what they do because they want to do it. Okay because then they can feel comfortable in their own skin and they will not be thinking of themselves more highly. They'll be doing what they feel comfortable with, what they want to do, and they'll do it with integrity, and that's fine. Yeah, definitely, I don't think that you may feel obliged, but depending on which background you come from, yeah, yeah. when your church before used yeah. this as yeah. you really should, because yes. otherwise the poor and homeless yeah. and whoever will starve. Yes. Exactly, Jonas, you see. So it's when you see that word should, it's like the alarm bells go off. No one should. So I want to not redeem that verse because I don't think it needs redeeming, but I just, I just by way of finishing, um, think about this whole body thing. So Miriam, it's not a test, roughly... How many working parts are there in here? Different, you know. How many? How many different bits am I made up made up of? Um, have about 120 bones, and you'll have like 600 muscles. Yeah. And you've got a brain, a pair of eyes, you've got like a whole lot of membranes. Yeah. Right. And of course, got all your cells all over the place, so that will do no work. How many? How many cells? I have no idea. Usually, if they take a, a bit of blood from you, they can tell about how much red blood cells you have, right. for example. Like millions. I have two hundred thousand just white blood cells. Right. And there's about twenty different types of blood cells you can have. Okay, I'm, I'm hopefully in a different sort of way, boggling your mind, right, in terms of how complicated you are, okay, how intricately you are made up, all right? So when you read those verses, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. If you just focus on the fact that you are part of the body of Christ. Now, how many of them could I do without? I could right now I could do without some of this fat. Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> but if you just think of the skeleton, right? Is there a bone that you could break and it wouldn't matter? Yeah, the bottom ribs. 
Okay, so that, which is why, which, no, no, that's not why. Mobile woman was made from a room, because it didn't matter. <laughs> Sorry, edit that off the tape. I've just lost you, haven't I now, ladies? Sorry, ladies. Yes. Yeah. You need the. You need it all. You, you need it. Your small toes. Yes. Because otherwise you keep running against stuff and not noticing. Yes. No. Okay. So nobody finished the jigsaw because there was a piece missing. So you all failed in your task because <laughs> I'd I'd taken. Now, I've taken one piece out of 49. Is it significant? One out of 49. If there were 49 people in the room and one left, would you notice? You might, if you were stood next to him. If you're over the other side of the room, unless they were eight foot tall, or you saw the door move or something. You probably, nah, not very significant. But to win the prize, if I'd have said, there's 20 pounds for the first person who finishes the jigsaw, that piece suddenly becomes slightly more significant, doesn't it? It would have destroyed our relationship. It could have. <laughs> well, not, not yours, because you didn't win. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Eleanor. Oh, it's going to be so much editing. Right? But you see how, without thinking, we process this whole idea of significance, subconsciously. And generally, if we're doing it to ourselves, we disqualify ourselves in some way, shape or form, or we move ourselves down the significance scale. One piece out of 49 in the jigsaw, but without it, incomplete. With the body of Christ, it could be the little toe, right? Without getting too melancholy, my father-in-law has lost the use of some of his muscles. Okay? So some bits are not working. He's still got them, but they're not working. And it is agonizingly painful for him to try and drink a sip of water. Right? So, you're never going to tell me that any of the bits of my being are insignificant. We take them all for granted. We love it when they work. We hate it when they don't. We are the body of Christ. Right? And we're all playing our part. And we're all significant. All significant. For me, one of the most significant people in the Bible, I'll finish with this, is Mary. Okay, and we're not going to get all Catholic. Okay? We only no. had men on that list. No, MT was there. Mother Teresa made it. No, but the Bible guys. <gasps> yeah, we didn't put any ladies up there. Do you want to write one up? Mary. <laughs> right? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, yeah, Holy Spirit. 
Hold this. Hold this. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. There's... Okay, Mary. So, so, what is it? What is it about Mary? Mary. Mary, Mary, Mary. Mary, mother of Jesus. So, imagine you're 13 and you're a good Jewish girl, right? And you're engaged to be married because most Jewish girls, by the time they're 13, husband's been picked for them, okay? So, you're going to marry Joe and it's all going to be cool, right? And you're lying in bed one night and so much strange happens. The room gets really bright and glowing and there's something at the bottom of the bed and it's talking to you and it says don't panic <laughs> it's too late for that right I bring you good news of great joy you're going to have a baby right but actually it's not Joe's it's God's is that good news Okay, <laughs> so, so eventually the presence disappears. Oh, what just happened, what just happened? And you manage to fall asleep and then all of a sudden it's morning and your dad knocks on the door because he always brings you a cup of tea, right, in the morning. And he says, did you sleep all right last night? Well, actually... Funny you should say that, because we had a bit. We had a bit of a thing in the bedroom last night. Did did you not? Did, did the house not glow, right? So this thing appeared at the bottom of the bed, right? I mean, come on, you're 13. We read it like this lovely little fairy story. Sorry, pardon. Don't know. Really don't know. But can you? 13, teenager. Yeah, right? Probably. And saying, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. It was not even my... <laughs> well, okay, sooner or later, you have to explain the bump, <laughs> right? And the village knows you're not, actually, you've not done the marrying thing yet, but you've got the bump, okay? What are you laughing at? No, I just think of the, <laughs> of the apple trees and the untouched... <laughs> and and uh, I, why do I say that? We, you know, some of us might have prophetic words, good news, good news, and you think, mm, I'm not sure this is good news, right? But we wouldn't doubt that Mary was a significant person. Why did God choose her? It doesn't say. The truth is, we don't know. We can only speculate, right? We don't know, right? Joseph was in the line, wasn't he? Right? So, and a measure of respectability was in the house, okay? But Mary, we don't know. Why did he pick her? Let me ask you another question. You won't find the answer in the book. How many other Houses did that angel visit before 
He went to Mary. Joseph. No, no. How many other girls did he go and say that to? Do you think he went to anyone? I don't know. I don't know. See, because all we've got in the story is this incredible... Mary goes, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> Which is absolutely nuts. You wouldn't, would you? Um, you, would, you would be lying there thinking, I'm engaged. This is, this is... Actually, the reality is, the, the likelihood is you would be stoned to death for getting pregnant. Or you would be certainly, at the very least, thrown out. Bring disgrace on your family and everything. Right? So it's not really, you know, not sure about the good news bit. Right? So I'm just being honest. I know it's a big, it's a big stretch, but if I were lying there, I'd be thinking, why don't you try Abigail two doors down? <laughs> you know, anyone but me, you know, God. There's plenty of nice young ladies in this, in this village. But she says, all right then. Why do I say that? Because I want you to be able to say, all right then. Okay. And you'll only say that if you believe you're significant. Otherwise, you'll continue to shrink in the shadows and watch God do amazing things with other people who've said, all right then. Okay. And I want to give you permission, like we said on Sunday, to dream a dream that's bigger than you. Okay. Because you are significant. Thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.